Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Stephen Baum. As a bit of a change, I'm here tonight with my good friend, West End chum, the Bill High School legend himself, Mr. Adam Conway. Welcome to the show, uh, Adam. Like hearing that oi, oi in person, I feel pretty <laughs> starstruck right now, I'm not going to lie. It's great to have you on the podcast tonight, Adam. So a bit about Adam, been an Orient fan for quite a while. 30 years, maybe. 30 years. And that 30 years, who's been your favourite player? Uh, favourite player uh, definitely is uh, the one and only Dino. Oh, I knew you were going to say Dino. Yeah, I've uh, had the fortune to uh, know Dean over the years as well. So uh, yeah, big uh, big fan of Dino. I can't believe he's not. You know, can't he hasn't rejoined this summer. <laughs> would have uh, would have been uh, an excited school kid if that would have happened. Oh mate, like I saw, like I saw. Favourite match over the thirty years in Sporting Orient. Um, well, can I just first say, uh, um, uh, on the intro, I think I have to, uh, it would be uh, remiss of me not to mention that, first of all, uh, uh, I've known Steve and Paul for quite a while, and obviously, uh, congratulations to Paul, and I hope this isn't a, a big mistake on your behalf, Mr Nussbaum, <laughs> letting me on this pod, um, but also, I just have to say one more shout-out before we start to uh, Mr Big Nige, my old man, who is 100% uh, the biggest OOP fan in the world uh, without doubt uh, he's pretty starstruck uh, every time he meets you Steve and uh, amazing. can't believe I'm doing this and uh, I'm going to have to pick up one of those mugs for you at the end of this uh, oh, yeah. end of tonight but, um, should have brought one over sorry back, uh, favourite match um, definitely I would say the second leg of the playoffs against Peterborough yeah. I thought was a, was a big one when we went through to the uh, through to the playoff final so uh, yeah I think I'll say that one brilliant brilliant so as always we'll kick off with our supporters club update, so there's two ships to tell you about. So firstly, coaches from Maidstone will leave the supporters club on Tuesday the 14th of August at half past four for 7.45 kickoff. Fares for this one are £23 for adults and £20 for concessions. And a new ship to tell you about at this time. Secondly, on Saturday 25th of August, we go to Gateshead and coaches this one leave early doors at half seven for a 3pm kickoff. And the fares for this one are £36 for adults and £33 for concessions. And on both trips, Kids aged 15 or under can travel half price but must be with an adult. There's a £3 surcharge to non-members and please get your own match tickets and you can book for these coaches in a supports club at any home game or by calling the travel line on 07722 And If you're going happily travelling and we hope you see some O's wins. So moving on after that, we've got the Late and Orient Trust update and a massive thank you to Howard for coming on the podcast last week. I thought it was fantastic when he was speaking about the Trust and also, a massive thanks to Mr. Elliot Byrne. But to start the trust update, Ed, do you want to give this one a go? Uh, yeah. Yep, so uh, a big thanks for the striker, James Alabi, making his community debut at the Score Centre on Wednesday when he popped in to meet the enthusiastic youngsters taking part in the free, free, Walden Forest summer holiday programme for the children. Uh, these sessions continue until August 24th, so once again, call those score centres, call that score centre for the details. Yeah, so if you want to go, call the score centre, and that's been on the podcast quite a few times. It's also great to welcome the staff, volunteers, and their children from the One Third Soup Kitchen to the game yesterday as they utilise the fans for Diversity Hub. The kitchen works from its base in Stratford and helps support and feed the local homeless. They did a superb job as the match they flagged bearers in Guard of Honour, and for most, it was their first experience of live football. Hopefully it'll be the first of many supporting the O's. And the Phantoms also go out to Imdad Rahman for organising the group's attendance at short notice. And finally, although we didn't quite achieve the result we wanted with the first team, the half-time penalty entertainment, which is always good, was provided by three supporters from each side yesterday with the O's coming out on top 1-0. Thanks goes out to Academy goalkeeper Samuel Amedou, who was between the sticks and pulled off one particularly excellent save, diving to his left to keep out a well-struck penalty from the O's fan. 
First of many saves in an O's shirt. Yeah, the penalty shootout is always good value. Yeah, it's good, um, that. And any time you get a chance to Sometimes better than the first half itself. <laughs> Absolutely, as yeah. we probably come on to, but well worth doing. And I think we missed it out uh, at the beginning. But Howard also says a thanks to the late night walking football squad who attended the game on Tuesday. Oh, can I shout someone out there? Of course, One of my friend's dads, Paul Schneider's dad, Gerald, was yep. part of that team. Well done. So uh, big, big, big up to Gerald there. Well done, Gerald. They're smashing it at the moment. They paraded their European trophies pre-match and they entertained us with a penalty shoot of their own at half-time. And new players are always welcome. So if you're over 50, please get in touch via their Facebook page or you can phone on the Score Centre for session details. So the Score Centre number 0208 556 5973 and there are currently two teams. There's one over 50s and there's one over 60. So I'll be seeing the over 50s team in about 12 years as I rapidly <laughs> approach the 50s in so let's move on into the week that was so whilst recording the epic 100 minute episode which was 146 which was last week with Howard and Elliot Josh Coulson was announced as being in the National League Team of the Week to add to his inclusion for the Team of the Week in the National League paper following his performance against Salford so a massive well done to Josh well done Josh great performance there against Salford yeah, and we all massive massive player for us this season Hope so. Hope Fully so. fit, Josh Coulson is um, a big, big plus for this for this league, I feel. Yeah, one of the best defenders, I would say. 100%. In the National League. 100%. So Coulson, Monday then, the 6th of August, and it was a very quiet day at the club. There was no news to report. Uh, in the Orient Outlook world, though, episode 146 with Howard and Elliot was taking the world by storm. So make sure you have listened to it. It's 100 minutes. It's quite long, but well worth a listen. It gives a great insight uh, into all the goings-on. At our club. So moving on in to Tahuay Tuesday, hmm. the 7th of August, Pay by Phone announced that they are the club's new social media sponsor. And according to their Twitter profile, they're global leader in mobile payments for parking. So welcome on board, guys. And Mr. Levy said that must be everything now that Danny and the team have set out to sponsor, maybe with the exception of the other stands. But a huge well done. And like we said last week, well done to Danny and his team. Doing a great job. Yeah, it seems like everything you could probably sponsor. Uh, has been sponsored. Yeah, doing great a great income. job on the commercial side for sure. Yeah, really good to see. So, uh, moving on into the main event, we had Ebbsfleet United at home in the National League in our first home game of the season. So the team was announced with Bruin goal, back four of Link, Coulson, Ellicobe and Willowson, with the midfield of McEnough, Lawless, Clay and Brophy, with Bond and Allaby starting up top in subs, with Sergeant Ekpateta, Lee, Dayton and Karoma. So that meant there was only one change to the squad as James Brophy, replaced Josh Karoma uh, in the starting lineup, and Paul said consistency is key to a winning side and Justin makes only one change managing some niggling injuries already and those who start must be sharp from the first whistle and for me I wasn't really surprised by that Brophy had to start after the impact he made on Saturday coming on against Salford um, I don't think Dayton or Lee are both 100% yet hence they're on the bench. Well, your views, Ed? Uh, yeah, I think same really. I think I was always. A, I'm a big uh, James Dayton fan. I think he's um, him and uh, Brophy are uh, when fit are two players that are, in my view, way way too good for for the level they're playing at and will, and are big big threats for us. So obviously there is a problem with uh, with uh, Dayton's fitness. I know he's out a lot a lot of last season, but um, they're managing him back, which is which is uh, good to see. And I'm sure that both of them boys will be in our first eleven when fit come the end of the season so no, no surprises there for me yep good we had a lot of tweets on the team at Mark Shepherd underscore 79 so the right chance after Saturday and I hope Josh took it well as I expect to see him up front for the last 15 in regards to Josh mm-hmm. being dropped to the bench so it was a very warm Brave Group Stadium uh, as the home season kicked off uh, with moods and spirits high and lots of fans <coughs> outside still queuing up for the season tickets as the match kicked off so I was on my way to the ground but I got called back home as my daughter hurt her mouth so I wasn't there but as you were there 
as yeah, we go through it, it the was, game. Yeah, there was a good uh, there was a good atmosphere actually. I mean, it didn't seem uh, massively full, but um, it was four thousand seven hundred, yeah. wasn't it? So it was a good attendance. And actually, to be honest with you, at times during the game, I said this to uh, to my dad, it actually felt like a bit of an end of a season game. It was quite frantic, and to be fair, the atmosphere was. Uh, was pretty top notch to be fair. Yeah, probably enhanced by the return of a Mr. Edward Adams um, to Brisbane. Yeah, Rose. got some views on that as well. But Absolutely. I'm sure <laughs> we'll we'll get yeah, yeah. to the game. So Ebbsfleet was sharp from the first whistle and missed a great chance in the first minute uh, as Darren McQueen got through the defence and blazed over when he probably really should have scored. So a bit of an early let off there um, for the O's and in the kind of impending attack, George Ellicobi uh, went down uh, under his challenge and unfortunately wasn't okay to continue and he was replaced by Marvin Epiteta in the second minute so obviously we weren't there but some stands right behind the goal where I sit had a great view of it and they said as soon as it, as soon as Eddie Kobe mm. went down he kind of was punching the floor yeah, I, I saw of him, his game was over I saw him come off and he was um, it's just the frustration of a man that's just got himself back probably worked really hard through the summer yeah. and now knows obviously as we know that he's out for a, for a while I think you know that when you do when you have that kind of injury so no, a big uh, big loss that for the O's early doors that was. Yeah, a massive loss. So absolutely continues to have lots of possession in the first 15 minutes, but with 17 minutes on the clock, Bond got played through on the right-hand side. He had a lot of work to do, but to be fair to me, charged well into the absolute penalty box. He cut the ball back, Allaby kind of ran over it as the ball came to Brophy, um, who side-footed the ball into the corner of the North Stand goal with a superb finish to make it 1-0 um, to the O's somewhat slightly against the one of play. Yeah, I think Ebbsfleet looked a really, really good side, especially in the first half. Um, onto the Ebu Adam, I think we knew the reception he was going to get, but I thought it was a bit bit of a kind of small club mentality. So I understand why, of course, but um, I especially thought, especially in the final, I got taken off in the second half. First half, I thought he was the best player on the pitch. I thought he sort of showed our boys what, um, or especially showed us what we were missing. Plenty of energy, um, with a lot of booze, obviously he was he was he was revved up for the game as well. But um, I thought he played very well. Yeah, a, yeah, good, a good start, one 0 good finish by. Brophy. Can't deny that. I think it was actually Brophy's first touch, and he really started going after that, and he was pretty unplayable for the rest of the rest yeah. of the half. But um, yeah, they they looked a good side for sure. Yeah, good. It's a good atmosphere. Fans going crazy. Miles Weston was giving Samlin a bit of a hard time through the game. Twenty two minutes on the clock, he done well. Shot from distance and forced Brill into a good save as he turned it round. Yeah. Turned it around the corner squad well to Mr. Brillo. And like you said, Brophy was causing absolutely all kinds of problems. And in the 36th minute, he was brought down on the counter attack uh, by Miles Weston, who got a booking for his trouble. It was great to see. I think we discussed it last week. Brophy's really good at kind of carrying the ball out from midfield and getting I think the think he's. Un- I think he's. I said it before, I think he's just unplayable. When, when you get a player like him with his pace, I just think if you're an opposition defender, you're going uh, to do it in your pants, really, when you see him running, <laughs> running towards you. Um, so yeah, we just need to. Our, I think our uh, remit this season is get the ball to Brophy, uh, keep him fit, and obviously get the ball yeah. over to him as, as much as we possibly can. I think he's definitely an asset to this team. Oh, he's, he should be lethal. Dayton. Yeah. I'm, I'm oh, and Dayton on the other wing when he's fit, of course. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. First eight minute, Ebbsfleet keeper Ashmore has to tip over Bond's looping header, following a decent bomb into the box by Mackinough, which forced the corner, which all started with a free kick from Willowson and a superb first time pass by Mackinough. Great so we're having some good spells in the game. We look really kind of threatening yeah. um, on his hatch, which is good to see. In the 39th minute, Lawless made a bit of a reckless challenge, uh, gave away a free kick just outside the box in a dangerous position, um, and the resulting free kick was curled wide by Jack Powell. Paul made a comment on that by saying he thought it was a poor challenge from Lawless, which put us on the back foot. I think probably mm. game management got to be a bit careful yeah, where you're giving definitely. away free kicks. And I think was uh, I think he played quite well up to that point, and, and from all accounts, he, uh, he had a bit of an outstanding pre-season, Lawless. But I just think that is definitely a bit of a an Achilles heel with him, he kind of does tend to go to ground a lot and, and giving away those free kicks, um, you know, eventually you're going to get punished. 
yeah, I think he had a good game actually against Salford. I think he came off after yeah, an hour, but I think I think he was doing well from yeah. what I hear against Ebbsfleet. And then the 43rd minute, bit of a let off again. Ebbsfleet went close as Ling was still giving their left winger Sam Magri a bit too much space, and he drove him to the box. But Epiteta, who was having a great impact on the game, actually really done impressive, well. done really well to slide and kick the ball um, off the Ebbsfleet player, which travelled wide across goal, and thankfully uh, went wide. And we've kind of discussed Marvin on previous podcasts about what a big player he could be this season. This obviously. looks a real asset. Um, he looks like a ready-made replacement for George. He um, he's definitely got pace. He's got a bit of nastiness about him, which I quite like. Yeah. Um, and I think his pace definitely. I mean, it literally reminds me a little bit of. Let's um, um, the guy that went to Fulham. Uh, oh, Zakuani. Zakuani. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the kind of pace get you out of a lot, of, a lot of trouble. May make a mistake, but obviously he's got some pace to get out. So I thought he had a he actually had a superb game. I thought. Yeah. Then, considering he had to come on so early. Yeah, it can't be easy to kind of be on the bench and then come on after two Definitely minutes not. when you haven't warmed up and got ready. Um, so good to see Marvin there doing well. And in two minutes of additional time were played and we go in at half-time, one or up, have with that. Been a tough half for the O's. We've done well and looked very dangerous going forward. I think there's a few arguments saying that absolutely probably should be level, but we'll yeah. take a 1-0 lead. Attendance announced, as we said earlier, 4,710, which is pretty decent. Fantastic. Well, very good for Tuesday night. Everyone's away, holidays. Yeah. It's quiet, but uh, no, I thought that was a, a superb effort by the O's fans there. Yeah, really good. 394 away fans. So the second half kicks off with no further changes for the O's. Nothing much of note happening in the first 15 minutes as it started raining. Everett Adams stopped Brophy's amazing run on the hour mark and Brophy's still causing absolutely massive problems. Unplayable again. He just was, I think our, our main issue is just getting in the ball as much as we possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. He's a danger man, isn't yeah. he, at the moment? Yeah. So they're imposing themselves more now. And with 63 minutes on the clock, McEnough cuts inside two opponents but sees a third opponent block his effort. And Paul made a point saying the crowd at this point really getting behind the team. So really it was good mad, it, was like, it was like it felt like a bit of an end of season game. It was a bit like basketball at one point, just like you know, end backwards end. and forwards and end to end. And uh, no, it was actually they, they brought a few with them as well, a bit of a local game. And um, the Ebu uh, situation obviously inflamed it a little bit. But I thought it was, uh, the atmosphere was great, really. Yeah, absolutely. Good point. So just two minutes later, Brewers falls into action again. Save a shot from Coulson, the absolute player, who does well again in the 67th minute. Brophy, time to go off for him. I think he gave it his all on the pitch. Yeah, definitely. Slightly Run himself out. Yeah, and he was placed... Um, in the 67th minute by Josh Karoma and Brophy limped off who's been struggling uh, with both of his hamstrings recently so good to see him get 67 minutes he got a goal and by the sounds of it had another superb match and in the 76th minute another sub this time is Alex Lawless makes way for Charlie Lee and I made a point saying that looks like the standard sub this season mm-hmm. as a similar substitution was made against Salford and in the 77th minute Edward Adams Comes off for Ebsley, and I think you said you thought Ebsley played quite well. I thought, I thought he had a good game. He's faded a little bit in the second half, but especially in the first half. I think I we mean, put a man on him, didn't we? I think. Yeah, we, he def- we definitely managed him, which I, I do like about this this Orient team, as opposed to obviously before Justin Edinburgh, is that we do seem to be able to make big changes that do affect the game. Um, and we did. The fact that he ended up coming off was a testament to our to our tactics. I thought because I think the first half he was as much as we uh, were giving him the stick. Um, I thought he was fantastic so I know it was, uh, it was actually good to see him come off yeah bit of a relief there to see him come off in the 79th minute brilliant pressing by Alibi Bond Liam McEnough forced Ebsfield into an error and we won back possession and a bit of an example of how fit this team is and how good it fit. is to press from the front as well and it's really nice I mean he's not I, I saw the uh, video from the first game uh, Alibi's definitely got again nastiness another word yeah. I think he's got that kind of real I think the players we have brought in which have been kind of few and far between have all got that kind of uh, bit of a 
bit of an edge to them and seeing LRB make uh, those kind of challenges and uh, and that effort is definitely what well, gets gets the crowd on your side for sure absolutely and obviously you've got Bon who's a workhorse who runs his bum off for you yeah you've got I, ju- I, th- I thought Bon as well I thought um, his general play I don't know what they've done with him over the summer seems to have improved I think last okay. year um, obviously scored loads of goals for us and, and he's a great player but I think this year already in the first few games his hold up play has been good he's bringing good. others into the game I think his all-round play, Duffy's touch looks good. And obviously, a couple of goals at the weekend as well. So, yeah. uh, that's what we wanted to do. Brilliant. 80th minute, a Mac enough effort. Uh, got deflected and fell into Josh Cromer's path. He's running onto the ball. Bit of a tight angle. He took a shot. I think he's done well, actually, to keep it down. I think that's a bit more difficult mm-hmm. than what it looked. He's done well. Um, but Ashmore made a decent save uh, in the absolute goal. I think if that goes in, I think we're talking about a victory. Yeah, uh, An easy sure. victory there. So, very much on top at the moment. Pushing for the second. All the front players are chasing everything down. Forcing the absolute into mistakes. Charlie Lee making himself known to the opposition as well with some hard but fair tackles. So we have got that bit of a good to see a bit of a nastiness mm-hmm. to us. But with three minutes left to go, Ebsfleet's recent signing from Dagen and Michael Cheek missed a bit of a glorious chance. Really, ball came to him in the box unmarked. Should have really scored it. And yeah, he, he put it over, didn't he? It was a shame because I said I think we really defended well the second half, which is why it's such a you know we we really should have helped the game out. But we've seen a lot. We seemed a lot more solid that second half. I couldn't really see him. We had a bit of possession. I couldn't really see him. You know, getting anything from it, but um, obviously, you'll you'll tell us more in a yeah. minute about we didn't couldn't quite hold out. Yeah, we'll come on to that. And I think when that chance went, I think we all were thinking, well, that was their big chance. They're blowing it now, and then straight down the other end, we went. So we had another chance as Alibi drove into their box really well. Yeah, he showed strength, he showed speed, determination, got himself through. But again, really difficult angle. He shot, but again, Ashworth was equal to it, and he made a good save down there. And again, if that goes in. We're here talking about a 2 0, yeah. maybe a 3 0 one that would have killed the game off. Yeah. I have seen a bit of criticism uh, from Alibi for missing that chance, but I thought he'd done everything right. I thought he was quite unlucky. I think, yeah, I think he's been, he just needs a goal. Yeah. I think he's he's work, he's a kind of player that I think fans will, I'm, I'm not sure how many goals he's going to score for us this season, but he's a kind of player that I think Bond will love playing up, yeah. get, you know, up with. I agree. Um, and he, I, again, I wouldn't want to be particularly playing against him. He's strong, he's powerful, he's pacey. Yeah, I agree. I think the bearded legend said, I may be a bit harsh for saying this, but I think he should and could have done better. And we took a tweet from George Sessions at the 90th minute, a bit like saying what you've said, end to end stuff now. Alibi shows Wills to get away and puts Kramer in on the right, but he dragged his effort wide as the ball goes up for four minutes of injury time. And dreaded four minutes. They dreaded four minutes, and all those fans, I think, can come on, see these four minutes out. But unfortunately, in the first minute of injury time, Ebsley equalises Corey Whiteley who actually squad virtually last season against Orient at uh, the Bray Group Stadium. He found a bit of space. He turned his man quite well, I thought, got a low shot away, which took a deflection, mm-hmm. slight deflection. Brill can only get a hand to the ball, which went agonisingly into the corner of the net as absolutely nicked the point and got back into the game. Mr Lee, he said, watch the highlights in the slow motion. It may have taken a slight deflection off Link, but it took ages for Brill to get down and save him. For me, does take a deflection and Brill does get a hand to it but for me I think he has to get a stronger hand to it I agree um, easy for us to say obviously sitting yeah. here but I think Brill will be as disappointed uh, as most of us that he hasn't kept out and it's such a pivotal time as well definitely um, there's really, no coming back from that is there at that point no I really felt like a bit of a killer blow um, and a really exciting end to this game as we created another Gilhead's chance Clay made a really good sliding challenge yeah. in the absolute box won the ball back ball comes to Big Marv in the air, it was a very decent cross into Bond, who got his head to the ball but couldn't get enough power on it. And Ashmore comfortably saved. And with that, the ref blew the full time whistle. And for the second time in four days, 
the O's get a valuable and one Q, draw. Q carnage at the final whistle. Yeah, we're just about to come on to it. Yeah. So obviously you were there. Um, like we said, it wasn't the end of the action. There was carnage with the full-time whistle. I think from our report, Ebsfleet left back said something to Josh, uh, who squared up. Bomb played the peacemaker, pulled Chrome away. Then Alibi got involved and it all calms down. And then the keeper, Ashmore, got involved and it all kicked off. And what was that like watching that from what you saw? Yeah, I mean, I, again, I mean... I, I, it's a bit a bit strange saying it, but I actually quite liked it. I just thought it was a bit like when I used to play Sunday football. If you uh, if you ever get in a scrap, one in, all in, and not to be fair, I think including <laughs> including the subs, I think every single person was in that scrap. And I was actually quite a, like a kind of Hollywood film seeing uh, Justin get dragged out yeah. of the, the scrum shows a bit about the passion they've got at the moment. And look, the results haven't gone for us yeah. this season, I don't think. But I think the attitude and the fight. Is definitely there in a nastiness, and that's just a word we've used a few times. But I think it was actually, in a way, in a weird way, it was quite nice to see. And that's a bit of a reflection, I think, of Justin's character making yeah. Justin appear on the pitch. So, on the back of that, Justin didn't appear for post match. I think it's probably a bit too hyperactive. So, Ross Embleton came out and done the post match, and he said it's very frustrating to finish the game in the manner which we did today. I thought it was a proper game of football, and it was as good and as competitive game of football that you will see at this level this season. For it to end in the manner it did leads to huge frustration. But I think what we have to do is try to make a positive from that before we talk about the rest of the game. But losing three points to one point in the late stage of the game, you have to try and turn on its head. Because we were the ones sitting in the changing room so jubilant after scoring so late away to Salford. So I think what Ross says there makes sense. I think we probably do feel that it's like it's too I'm normally especially angry in these kind of situations and have been (laughs) over the years, uh, as you know, Steve. But... To be fair, walking walking back to the car to the, with the old man, I think reflection. We've probably played supposedly, although Salford have lost, um, probably two on yeah. paper the best teams in yeah. the division. We've come out and we're still unbeaten. Is it you know? Yes, you're letting it go at that point, but I think if you take the balance of play, especially first half, they were a better team. Um, I don't think it's it's the worst. It was definitely wasn't the worst start and first two, you know, worst two games in the season for sure. And I think those two points maybe two. Uh, Two important points coming yeah. in the season. Yeah, we hope so. So that draw, and after two games, we had two points on the board, and there'll be a full national league table roundup after the Barrow match. So Mr. Levy wasn't there, and he's not here tonight, but we do keep his spirit very close to us. And this is what the bearded legend had to say post Ebsfleet. So my post-match thoughts uh, after the um, Ebsfleet game, uh, really, uh, obviously, it's a bit of a reverse situation from what happened on Saturday against Salford. Scored early conceded late in the game this time um, it was on us uh, having held the league for so long it's a shame to not have come away with all three points there's a lot of positives to take from this game though we did create a number of good chances but sadly we weren't clinical enough and I hope this isn't going to be a reoccurring thing that we keep mentioning throughout the season I thought James Brophy's goal was excellent uh, and Bond's unselfish cutback uh, was absolutely fantastic I think last season he would have probably taken the shot However, shame to lose George. Uh, with Big Marv, though, we've really got a ready-made replacement. I thought Justin made good subs uh, at the right time. It was good to hear that he made an impact. Uh, two decent results against teams who will probably be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. Obviously, uh, we wish uh, George a very speedy recovery. So that was Paul's thoughts there. A few minutes, kind of what you said there, Adam. Like Decent performance, probably two of the best teams we're going to play. We've got yeah. taken two points from... Um, so thank you there to Mr Levy for sending in his views my views a decent point it probably feels a bit like a loss but still plenty to be positive about a good battling performance uh, team showed lots of energy and commitment uh, and the goal we conceded 
you know, even though we can argue Brill should have done better, was unlucky. I think the deflection's beating Brill. If it doesn't get deflected, I think that ball goes into Dino's hands and we're here talking about a win. But even though their goal was late, we still had a chance to win it, so we are creating the chances. Great atmosphere in the stadium. Um, you know, lots of tweets after came about how good it felt to be in the stadium. And if we keep getting behind the team like that, then our home form will be up there. I was pleased with the goal. Like Paul said, good work from Bond, who may have taken on that shot last year, so you can see how his game's evolved. Good finish from from Brophy. Marvin was outstanding. Um, as in, you know, I think we had a lot of love for Marvin following that game. So two games against two of the teams who we expect to be up there and arguably uh, been lucky not to win both. So on to Barrow, we go full of positivity. Anything you want to add on that? I know you kind of... No, I just thought it was... Uh, yeah, I think it was um, probably two of the... I think they were a very decent side with some decent players. We know they've got a big budget. Um, and I just thought it was nice to see us. We're definitely a, a tighter unit. Yeah. Um, Attitude-wise and obviously formation-wise, I don't think we're quite as easy to play against as we was last season, especially at home. Um, so no, I, th- I think all in all, uh, a few days later, I think that was probably quite a decent point. Yeah, yeah, good good comments there. So we had loads of views in after the match. We even get emails, so you can email us or an outlook at outlook.com. So the first comment will be from an email from Glenn Bevan, who said, absolutely love this match. Shame about the result in the end, but the match itself is what Tuesday Night Football Brisbane Road should be all about. There were so many positives. Ekpiteta looked class. The back four was solid. McEnough was everywhere, both defensively and offensively. Alibi looks powerful. Brophy is clearly better than this level, and apart from a goal, Bond was everything you would want from a forward. Clan Hollis put in a shift, but they are so poor <laughs> and so clearly out of their depth. They're always a hard, a half yard off the pace and end up chasing shadows all game. And if we can sort out the centre midfield, then we'll be dynamite. And it's probably going to be a few comments probably that echo um, the centre midfield as we go on to your tweets. So thank you for all the tweets we've received this week. I think every week now is like a record week for the mm. amount of tweets we're receiving. And just because we read them, doesn't mean we agree with them. It's good to get yeah. balanced views. So one, like, one thing on that email, which I, I haven't mentioned, I, I think is spot on, was yeah. I thought McEnough. I don't think he started the game that well, to be honest with you, but I mean, his age was he 36, 37. Yeah. To see him coming back, I mean, in the second half, he was the fittest player on the pitch um, and that showed everything and he's a great, um, you know, uh, example to set. I mean, he was absolutely superb in the second half. As bad as he was in the first half, he was yeah. brilliant in the second half. So. I think he's really brought in his kind of Justin's yeah. ideas. And I think this, the captaincy has obviously helped him. He's, a million percent. Uh, and I, I think he's a player that everyone looks up to and he was absolutely superb in the second half. Great to hear. Great to hear. And Joby, we trust him. So loads of tweets to go through. Um, and if we don't get to read yours out, apologies. There's only so many we can read. So first of all, uh, I am underscore MO. This is a full claim lawless with dreadful again. Looked much better when Lee came on and you could see the level coming a mile off as we got deeper and deeper, but still we didn't lose. And we've got at Deward underscore seven, a decent point. Not if we go out, not we not if we want to get out of this godforsaken division. Two points dropped again. Maybe a bit harsh there, but I think so. I think the first two enough. are a little bit a little bit harsh to be fair. So uh, you know me, Steve, I'm always uh, on the harsher side and I think <laughs> some of these tweets reading them I think are a little bit little bit harsh for the start of the season, to yeah. be honest. Fair enough. Patrick won floods is George seems injury prone. Not his fault though. Big Marv might be the way to go for a while. Definitely a superb player. Yeah, great to hear. Paulie Callyman says uh, strikers who can't score, how many chances do they need? So again, bit of a tale of missed chances, but I think all the chances we had were pretty pretty hard, harder than the previous Saturdays. Yeah, I think the one at the end was the one that we needed to put away. That was a real gut wrench. Yeah. Um, but another day they go in. Keep creating those chances. Absolutely. Uh, Andy Doman 
Two games in, unbeaten and beginning to show promise. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. This is a tough division and the not non-league of old. Definitely agree with that. It's yeah. definitely a tough division these Very days. Very tough division. There's about, I would say now there's about seven to ten teams who could probably all win this league as it stands. At the Absolutely. Moment, if not more. Samuel LOFC 97 says, it was annoying to concede late on, but I thought Ekpeteta was outstanding. As much as we lost two points tonight, we can still take the positives, in my opinion. I really like the press we give teams and absolutely are a decent team and we'll be up there. We will only get fitter and better so a good positive tweet there from Samuel so thank you very much agree that at Adult Swim 1 absolutely no need to panic yes it's difficult to lose out on all three points but it's another hard game out of the way undefeated I'm expecting us to grow into this season having said that I think we need to sort out the midfield pretty quickly yes, agree with that as well another comment about midfield at Bayford underscore Joel so there's a strong performance tonight but just like Salford our missed chances have cost us all three points if we want to get out of this league we need to take our chances better yeah, and at Big Ads LOFC, I wasn't able to make tonight. But people are already criticising the centre midfield. Clay simply is not a ball winner, nor a playmaker. Lee is a ball winner, and Joby could be a player maker, playmaker. They should start in the middle for me. Good point against a good side. Yeah, so Big Ads there. So Mackinough into the middle that we have kind of spoken about onto the podcast before. I'd be interested to see whether that happens when Dayton. I just worry. Uh, yeah, fully fit. I just think he's he's got so much quality on the ball, um, especially at this level. And I just think the only thing we've got to try and do is keep him fit because although yeah. he's you know he's thirty six, thirty seven. Playing every game, centre mid is, is going to be a yeah. tough tough ask in this league. Yeah. But look, we just got to keep him fit. Good point. I think we'll come on to it at some point later. But Dal Gorman as well has been signed. Yeah. Still not fit to play. He could have a massive impact on the season. To have Magic underscore Johns says Big Marvin had a great game. Wilson looks so much better. I agree with Good that. Good point about Wilson. I think Wilson has improved vast in Probably the last the first six months. Name, one of the first names on the team sheet for me now. Yeah, I, I just think he's so solid. Um, rarely makes mistakes. Yeah. Um, and no, looks very good, Edwards. Yeah, I agree. Alibi needs to make more runs off the ball. Clay had a better game. I know Slayton, Kim, and Lawless, they were playing three in the centre, so we were never going to work. Karoma was poor when he came on. Shows the difference between a pre season game and a real game. Mm-hmm. The fans tonight, best atmosphere for a home league match, not being a cup game, playoff game, I can remember. So I think we've had in many, many years. So good point there about the atmosphere. And again, really good to see these points coming out about the atmosphere at the stadium yeah. this year. At David Rykard 80, we were fairly good second half, we just lacked that cutting edge when we did create a chance, we didn't take them, although the keeper pulled off two decent, decent saves. Reasonable result, we need to remember how to finish teams off and to manage the game better. Yeah, at David Barrett 6, as our problem area is glaringly obvious, central midfield is just not strong enough, we're too slow and weak in the tackle if they even get close enough to tackle and there's no creativity, we need Gorman playing soon plus one newcomer or else we may not even make the playoffs. Do we know when Gorman's coming back, is there an official word on that? I know he played differently, didn't he? He played yeah. 45 against Greenwich Borough about two weeks yeah. ago, but I've no idea when he's kind of planned I think return. From is. what we've heard, I, mean, I think he's supposed to be a very, very, very good player, but it's just frustrating that you know we've not started the season with him. Yeah, I think Steve um, Foster said he is as good as Ebu, yeah. if not better technically, so yeah. we, we pin a lot of hopes yeah. on, on Dale Gorman. Ebu's playing and yeah. Dale's not at the moment, but let's hope we can get him fit. At Len M4, if we're being totally honest, we were second best for a good hour, but the players put in a fantastic effort, especially in the second half. Tough results to take in the end, but that's football at the end of the day. Yeah, Rich P242 says, Absolutely, we're better than any team we played last season and could easily win the league. We played two of the best teams I think we will play this year. We could have easily beaten both. Important though, we haven't lost either. So yeah, good point. Got to see the positive on that. Mm-hmm. Frank Kane, games come thick and fast at this stage of the season. Two points against two very strong teams and we aren't even 100% at it yet. No need to judge and be negative just yet. Respect the point, and hopefully the first three points are around the corner. Yeah, respect the point. Les LK52 says, I hope George is back soon, but let's be honest, he shouldn't be in ahead of Big Mark on that performance tonight. That guy is superb. Agree. At Dave, 
M1812, probably a fair result. They passed the ball better, but I was really surprised, really impressed with the amount of hard work and closing we did. Agree with that. Wouldn't be surprised if there are a few injuries for Saturday. Yeah, good to see the comments about closing teams down. Yeah, I, seen... I think it was noticeable. We are definitely harder to play against this good. year. Yeah. I think especially at home, we had, especially last year, uh, under the previous management, we were a bit of a soft, had a bit of a soft underbelly. And especially when we conceded a goal, you felt you knew it was going to come yeah. next. But um, there definitely seems to be a bit more uh, bravery and a bit more... Um, Strength and yeah, uh, commitment this year. It's good to see and harder to play against. Justin Ross, Danny working on that's well done to those, to those guys there. Alan Reeves too says Marv is a great signing. Brophy and Corson were excellent. The rest of them are pretty average except Allaby, who doesn't deserve such high praise. He's an absolute pub player. Should have kept Holman midfield missing something going forward. Very as well. harsh, that Alan. I think very yeah. harsh. At Phase Junior, Taser, yeah, Taser Junior. Sorry, Taser Junior. I don't think McEnough gets anywhere near the credit he deserves in his team. What we just said. Marv, who won everything, and Coulson looks solid, solid, but that central midfield needs changing. Hopefully Gorman has something about him when he's fit, unbeaten still against two of the better teams so far. Yeah, at Sean Mercer underscore. says, not sure people realise how much Clay and Lawless do in the games. They mop up and don't stop running, chasing and doing the dirty side of the game, which in turn gives either winger more freedom to push forward and counter. So good point there from Sean coming out a bit differently. If those two in the middle aren't working hard for you, then yeah. the likes of Brophy and your McInnes and your Dates yeah, and your Cromers don't get the space to kind of get in behind so Sean coming at it from a different angle yeah I think Clay gets obviously we know Clay's coming for a lot of stick at the start of this season again I feel some of it's a little bit harsh I think the guy's got definite quality about him when he gets the ball yeah. Um, but yeah I think he's definitely got to give a little bit more there I think he needs to win over the crowd now he seems to be the main scapegoat yeah and again I think it's harsh because he's not the only one that um, you know kind of yeah. fell a bit deeper towards the end of the game uh, but I think you break it down he's quite nice on the ball he's quite nice and tidy but nice and tidy is yeah. always what you need in this division as we know uh, well made lots of numbers to go up for you at Mike Y 89836515 playing two wide men means that the other midfielders have to be workhorses in the middle and claim Lawless just don't do enough never in the right place hardly ever press them and never make late runs into attacking positions yeah so Mike coming at it from a different um, angle than Sean there at Orient Dave it's painful to admit given the man of the result but probably a fair result on reflection no shame in the two points we've taken at all, but must now beat the teams we should be beating, which starts on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And at Jay Pittle, John, I know John, an entertaining game which deserved to be a draw. I think Abu Adams deserves some credit for the way he hurdled the South Stand Barrier and came up scales. Actually, that's correct. He hurdled sure. it. Yeah. He went down. It looked like he'd, he'd fallen through, uh, you know, fallen through the centre of the earth. But unfortunately, <laughs> he, he got back up. I think to be fair, with the crowd sticking, he was always going to, even if he'd broken his arms and legs, he would have come up. But um, you know, that was actually quite impressive. Yeah, sitting in that South Stand, it is quite a drop. Yeah, when you... he literally went all the way down <laughs> it. It was quite, uh, it's quite something to see, to be fair. And the final word in the Ebbsfleet goes to G-Force underscore Shiv, who said, if you offered me one all before the Ebbsfleet game, I would have been pleased. But shame it ended in that way, because it was a spirited performance with grit all the way through. Some of the passing and defending are real positives for the next one up the O. So let us know if you agree or disagree with any of the tweets we've read out. Let us know what you think by tweeting us at Orin Outlook, or you can email us at orinoutlook at outlook.com. And following the match, we also ran a Twitter poll to find out who your man in the match was, and we nominated Joby McEnough, James Brophy, Marmalik Bateta, and Joe Woodison. And after 266 votes, the winner was pretty comprehensive. As 65% of you voted for your winner, Marvin Ek Bateta. So a massive well done to Marvin. Well Marv. done, Marv. Yeah, great much performance. Deserved, great player, um, and one I think really exciting. Uh, Definitely, it's always, as we said, it's always hard to come on in the what the very early early on. You're not expecting to play, yeah. and uh, now he came in and looked like a real. Uh, Player. Yeah, I guess probably one of the better attacks we'll come up against in Definitely. terms of Michael G, Kebu, and strong. I do, I do. I mean, I do worry though now that now that uh, George is obviously out for a few weeks. If one of the current first choice Marvin or Josh get injured, 
Um, I'm a little bit worried about where we uh, where we may be, but you know. I guess you've got Danny Happy to yeah. come in, who done well sure. last season. True, true. But not sure if he's quite ready yet to, to be a first. You know, he's great potential, clearly. Um, whether or not he's right for this to be a first team at this this stage of the season, I'm not sure. But yeah. um, I'm sure we'll see uh, what happens in the future. Hopefully, we'll keep Josh. Um, and they two have to stay fit, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. have to stay fit. Be interesting to see what happens and hopefully they both do obviously there's lots of games uh, early on in the season there's two a week for the next couple of weeks so hopefully fingers crossed we don't suffer any more injuries so Prediction League update where they're coming in thick and fast so well done to our South and Bob at Steve White LOFC at Jamie PD LOFC at Orient Dave at Rob MCC 68 and Floodgates who all predicted a one or draw and get three points with nobody getting the bonus points because no one had Brophy down to score um, there'll be a full Prediction League table round up after the Barrow game then, which leads us on to Wednesday the 8th of August is the club announced that they had now sold 3,865 season tickets and are just 135 away from the target of 4,000. Got to say, some absolutely superb work there by the fan base, by the club to get the people Definitely. in. Second season as well. Everyone thought it was just the first season wonder going to you know, see yeah. some of these teams, but that is unbelievable in my opinion. Yeah, it's great to see the passion that's still out there. Testament to the feel-good factor still that is, uh, is around the club more yeah. than a year on now so that's uh, some great work there yeah massive credit there it must go to Nigel and Kent and everyone um, at the club for that so Thursday the 9th of August Chesterfield's assistant manager and XO Adrian Whitbread so he was captain when I was but a tight young 13 year old going down <laughs> Brisbane Road in 93 was sadly taken ill on Wednesday night with bleeding uh, on the brain but following a series of tests has been told he needs to take rest and medication and we wish Adrian a speedy recovery I think he tweeted yesterday saying he was kind of on the mend okay so great to hear great to hear that and Mooney Friday 10th of August, happy Tijuana Taxi Day. So the day marks the 50th anniversary of the first play of Tijuana Taxi by Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass Band at Brisbane Road on the 10th of August, 1968, as Orient played Rotherham in a free-all draw. And for me, I can't ever foresee Orient um, coming out to any other song. No. I think it's ingrained in all our brains. Yeah. And, you know, we all have it. Everyone's got it on the ringtone or there's some tweets later about people having it on their wedding day. And for me, I'll always remember going to Paul's wedding, the bearded legend, uh, and being part of the Grimm's party I was kind of milling around and the band came in and they were all re- trying to rehearse this song and as soon as the trumpet player started playing it he didn't know what it was and it was Tijuana Taxi oh. and I was kind of coaching the band because <laughs> none of them knew what it was so lots of memories you there. were definitely destined to do this Steve <laughs> and you have probably to be fair <laughs> brilliant so we had quite a few tweets so thank you for the tweets we've got at Tijuana Taxi at Strongo 43 and it, well done Martin Martin told us that it was 50th anniversary a couple of days before it came along so that I was at the game with my dad he laughed when they played Taxi and said it was a bad choice as it had nothing to do with footy and it would not last. I still joke with him about that till this day. And at Age Lio 846, the best entrance songs for football club in the world, also played as a send-off song at my dad's funeral in 1999 as being a massive Vose fan himself, he would have loved it. Yeah, London Gary W says, my wife has told me that she will play this at my funeral. Which was a nice thought. Didn't have me wondering why she was thinking of my funeral already. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely some uh, some thoughts going on there. Yeah. Some uh, undertones on that one. At London Gary W. My wife has told me that she would have played. Oh, have I done that? Yeah, yeah, we've oh, done sorry, that one, yeah. sorry, sorry, done it one twice. At Paul W E U K. It was a song we played on our wedding day after signing the register and exiting the room. So slightly happier that one. Yeah. At Big T B four seven says got married that day and celebrating a golden wedding today. So congratulations. Congratulations, to Big Tony. Yeah, really good. To see. Do, you know, do you know Tony? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, okay. Tony well, who? Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Oh, yeah, congratulations to Tony. Yeah, absolutely. I've written that down. So, great to see that. And ahead of the Barrow game at home, 
We ran a Twitter poll to find out what you thought the outcome of the game would be. And we had 305 votes for this one and the result was followed. So 86% of us thought there would be an Orient win. I must confess, I probably and chose me. Orient win. 7% thought it would be an Orient lose and 7% thought there would be a draw. So thank you for all your votes. Then loads of Twitter polls uh, this year and that was great to see. And in late in the evening, Dave Toyne tweeted, delighted to be returning to the world of football and joining Leighton Orient on Monday as head of marketing. Got a really good feeling about the club and I look forward to working with Danny Macklin and the team and really excited to get going. So another appointment um, in the commercial department, yeah. I presume. And good luck in your new role, yeah. Dave. Seems to be firing on all cylinders in the commercial department at the moment, which is great to see. Yeah, lots of stuff going on behind the scenes at the club, like you said. Really Especially after the last, uh, last ownership, which you don't talk about anymore, but it's great to see... Uh, it's banned. Yeah, it's great to see uh, uh, a lot of movements being made in that commercial department. Yeah, really good, really good. So moving on into Saturday, the 11th of August, a happy night, 59th birthday to friend of the podcast, and late night community liaison officer, Mr. Howard Gould. So obviously loads of people know Howard's an absolute legend. He was on the podcast last week, so many happy returns happy to Howard. Happy birthday, Howard. Yeah, and then the under-16s were in action and lost 4-1 to QPR, so unlucky to the young O's. And we'll come on to the main event, which was Barrow, at home in the National League so I couldn't make this one it's my wedding anniversary so I was living the high life itchy up in the city not yet not yet but she doesn't listen to this anyway yeah. so even if I said I was she, uh, for that. Yeah. she wouldn't know so the team was announced with Brill in goal back four Ling, Corson, Ekpeteta and Willow soon with McEnough, Lee Clay and Brophy in midfield with Alibi and Bon up top subs for this one with Sergeant, Happy, Lawless, Dayton and Corona so that meant there were two changes from the last games Charlie Lee comes in for Alex Lawless who drops to the bench and Martin Ekpeteta comes in for George Jacoby, who it's confirmed will be out for a while with a grade two hamstring tear. So we wish, obviously, George yep. a speedy recovery. And also, it was Joby McEnough's 100th late night appearance. Fantastic. So a massive well done to Joby uh, on yeah. that. So well, I remember seeing, hearing when he signed, uh, was uh, you know, ex international and everything. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, uh, he's been after, again, a bit of a dodgy start. He's been, uh, again, one of the first names on the yeah. team sheet now. So a very important player for us this season. Huge. Yeah, Captain, huge. fantastic. Massively. So Paul said he likes to look at his side and having Neiman midfield would be interesting in a good way for me. I agree with Paul. I also was hoping Dayton gets at least 20 minutes in this match. Yeah, I think you look at that team and you put uh, Dayton in there, possibly, uh, and one of these new central midfielders, I think you're looking at a, a pretty formidable First yeah. eleven, there. Yeah, absolutely. I think George will be a big loss, but Marvin was excellent on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and Happy now comes onto the bench. I have to mention, still no Mooney, so we'll see what happens. Right, yeah. Mooney, we mentioned last week, had a good pre-season, scored yeah. three goals, three yeah. lobs, obviously, and can't even get into the squad. Yeah, especially with uh, Harold being injured as well. So uh, I don't know yeah. what that says for the for his future at the club, but yeah. uh, either way, he's still a legend, as we all know. Right, absolutely, Mooney, absolute legend. Yeah, so always will be. Match kicks off on a sunny afternoon at the Braegroup Stadium, where kids. Got in for a quid and Dream Team gave every supporter a free programme. So credit there, credit's due. Well done to Dream Team. Well done to the club for getting anyone in for a quid. But needless to say, it wasn't the start that always fans were hoping for. As Barrow came out of the blocks, they clipped the bar in the second minute through Josh Kay and went one better. Just two minutes later in the fourth minute, as Jack Kindle got through and slipped the ball past Dean Brill and Barrow went one up. And for me, I was on the train currently at yeah. this point going into um, the centre of London. Yeah, I, I couldn't I could, believe it. I couldn't make the game either, but I just thought the first two draws of the season would be completely forgivable if we. I thought we would comfortably. Again, I'm always the most positive, positive yeah. of fans, but I thought we'd comfortably win this game with three or four nothing. Uh, and to see that come through very early doors again, you think same old home hoodoo. But yeah. um, that's Orient at the moment. Yeah, but we're shocked by this, thinking here we go again. And not much to talk about really until the 26th minute. 
Um, when the ball came to Joby McEnough following a run from Clay Clay and Joby shot the ball wide there were lots of reports and tweets about Barrow already wasting time about their gamesman tactics dirty tactics yeah and about us looking slightly cold and a bit mm. lethargic um, which was disappointing because we kind of that was a pattern a bit last season and Justin said he was trying to address it but it seems like it's happened a bit um, this season as well and two bookings followed for Barrow uh, and the O's had a free kick which came to nothing because a header was directed at the Barrow keeper before another Barrow player got booked so Barrow having three bookings in 10 minutes. Yeah, you're going to get that in this division, I think, Steve. Yeah, yeah especially when teams like Barrow come to Brisbane Road, and especially when they get an early goal and yeah. they get something to hang on to, which well, makes it Why wouldn't you? Like, I mean, let's be honest, I know it's hard, hard for us to Orient fans to uh, to accept it. We are one of the bigger, definitely, probably, if not the one of the biggest clubs in the division. Yeah. People come to us, they want to defend, they make it difficult, and we've got to kind of understand that and work our way against it. But, I mean, I do think, as I said earlier on, I think we are definitely come, being a bit more acclimatised to this kind of yeah. tactics. We're giving it back ourselves a little bit now, which is nice to see. Um, but yeah, it's just something we're going to have to get used to now. Yeah, absolutely. Five minutes of injury time are played as the O's went in one all down at the break to Barrow with many fans disappointed at the first half performance. So a few tweets came in that we'll mention at half-time at LOFC 1971. It says a terrible first half at Lane Orient performance, only surpassed by a worse referee performance even for this level, he has been terrible. I can't tell you the uh, so I couldn't quite make it at the last minute, but my, my old man, of course, was there, and the text he sent me at half time, <laughs> I definitely not couldn't mention it on this podcast, Steve, because <laughs> you probably wouldn't get another episode. But uh, he wasn't very good, as I hear, on the first half. I can imagine. I can imagine. Stephen Orient says, well, what a half. Awful tactics by Barrow, but awful incompetent ref, and an awful performance by the O's playing the hoofball. And at Orient Electric, this midfield needs sorting pronto, which yeah. I think was... Uh, Pretty common theme there. So many disgruntled fans at half-time. Attendance was announced at 4,304 with 126 away fans making the journey. So credit there. Good again. Massive, massive. Especially August, everyone's away. Fantastic that. Absolutely, absolutely. Second half kicks off with no subs for the O's. And a better start to the second half. He's a great cross coming from McEnough in the 52nd minute, which Bond Connect will stuck his leg out. Um, But somehow the keeper, Andy Firth, well, we've seen this back. It's on Twitter now. Not really somehow, the ball Nasty, smacks yeah. him straight on the nose um, and flies out and Andy was down for quite a while receiving treatment. Great save, although I don't think he, he knew too much about it, to be fair. Yeah, he was the right place at the right time. Yeah, but just three minutes later, Bond wasn't to be denied. As In the 55th minute, he gets his first of the season. As a long throw in was cleared to Clay, who headed the ball back to McCauley, who took a touch, took a shot, and a great finish past the keeper to make it 1-0. As everyone at the break group standing took a sigh of relief. And for me, I was really happy to see that going for Bond. I felt he kind of snatched a bit. Um, chances against Salford obviously didn't score against Ebsfleet so good to see him get off the mark in the third game because for a striker you want to be getting off the mark as soon as you can definitely especially after his season last year I think especially looking at that again 55th minute you know again reading it seeing the Twitter feed come up seeing your tweets I just thought this is now 2 or 3 or 4 one game yeah. and just against really frustrating we didn't we didn't push because there must have been a bit of momentum after that goal and obviously we didn't quite take advantage of it absolutely Justin would have said at half time get yourselves level in the first 15 get a goal. press yeah. for the winner and at this point we went with bait breath going right come on let's, let's have plenty of time left let's move forward yeah 60th minute Barrow had a chance to retake the lead as a cross came in uh, and was headed wide at the back post and in the 61st minute Brill had to make a good save from a Barrow counter attack so Barrow also showing intent to go and retake the lead so a bit of a, an even game at this point with both yeah. teams looking to win 65th minute first change in the match for the O's as this time James Allaby came off for Josh Karoma in a like-for-like swap. So Josh getting his chance to shine up front. So not on the wings this time, playing, I think, where he prefers to play. Definitely. Up front. But lots of criticism for, for James Allaby following this match, which we'll come on to, I yeah. guess, when we look at the tweets and a decent chance in the 67th minute uh, for, for the O's. Josh Coulson 
headed over for a corner. It's like we said, anyone's game. Anyone's game. I mean, the 71st minute, our attacking chances can't do any wrong. As James Dayton came on for Charlie Lee, Joey goes into the middle and James goes into the right. So probably the midfield we've all been craving for with Brophy on the left, yeah. Dayton on the right, Joby in the middle, yeah. a lot alongside uh, Craig Clay. Uh, but again, a bit of criticism came in for Charlie that we'll obviously we'll come on to a bit later uh, post Barrow. And in the 80th minute, the O's take the lead for the first time in the match. Sam Lee plays in Josh Caroma, who beat the offside trap, and Josh squared the ball to McCauley Bond, who couldn't miss from close ranges. He made it 2 1 to Orion and got his second goal in the match. And for me, when that came in, I should be game over soon at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Massive well done to Josh for the assist. Yeah. And maybe the old Josh would have gone for goal there when that wasn't the best option. At this point, I'm thinking just use your heads now. 10 minutes left. Manage Don't do anything silly. Manage the game now. Let's get our first three points of the season. Yeah, not frustrating for sure, and I think Josh does does look a real threat, especially maybe from the subs bench more this season potentially. Yeah. But up front, again, pace, power, directness, he can finish as well. I think he'll be a real threat this season. Yeah, however, Orient only had the lead for five minutes. If Barrow had a king throw, so obviously we all remember that throw from last year, which was launched into the box. It caused havoc. Dean Brill came and couldn't get there, leaving Raul Carrera again another sub um, following Michael uh, the other night for Ebbsfleet. So another sub scoring with an easy tap-in to make it to and I couldn't believe it when I saw this front lead away and Dean Brill should he be doing better yeah just frustration pure frustration against a team like Barrow with respect we should be putting away easily yeah. you work hard you get yourself back in the game you go in front with 10 minutes to go you're walking out you know Justin will be absolutely kicking himself and the players for, for letting that one go but it just seems to be the way it's going at home at the moment yeah absolutely Paul said unbelievable we couldn't walk a dog and hold the lead so frustrating so Good really disappointing to see 88th minute a chance for the O's there was a free kick was only half cleared and the ball came to Marvin Ekpeteta in the box who had a bit of space he drew it in the shot so he'd done everything right and the keeper saved and five minutes of time were added on and there were no further chances at the full time whistle goes as the O's draw a third consecutive match in the National League after coming back from a goal down to leave with 10 minutes left but only to concede another late equaliser Frustrating. Absolutely. So Justin Edinburgh, after the game, said it was a game of two halves. Again, I believe we've started slow, which is becoming a tad frustrating. I don't know why, but we're trying to search for that. We started slow, but second half we dominated. And when you get yourself in front, you expect to see that through. I'm very disappointed that for two consecutive games now, we haven't been able to see it out. I don't think we've quite clicked into gear with the ball. It's very hard to take when you can see two late goals that we have. But there's always a will to do better. That's what the group demanded themselves. And I believe with the foundations we've got and the teams we've played, we'd always want more. But sometimes we have to look at it and reflect and move on to Tuesday. So fair enough to Justin there. He kind of, it's good to see that he's, you know, knows the problem yeah. without starting. He's disappointed that we haven't seen the game out. So. Probably a few choice words. I would imagine the dressing room again. I would have um, thought so. Yeah. I would have thought so. I would have thought so. Fly on the wall for that one. Just, just. <laughs> Pure frustration at the end of the day. Yeah, again, it'll be frustrating that we can't. And it starts getting points. starts getting in the players' heads a little bit, doesn't it? That we can't win at home. We've just got to get that first home win early doors. Yeah. And, you know, we feel like we've done it with ten nine minutes to go, and uh, same old story. But yeah, that'll be the main, I guess, point of frustration. That with ten minutes left, we've all like we've turned it around. Only to be coming again with another draw. So after three games, that's three draws for the Orient. Meaning at this early point in the season, we have three points and a thirteenth in the national league, but nothing to really get too engrossed with the table it can all change too early in it? two or three games so it's all to play for so Mr Levy's view on the Barrows match are coming up so here's what Paul had to say post Barrow uh, sadly I wasn't able to uh, to make this game um, due to sort of new parental 
uh, obligations and whatnot. But uh, obviously, very, very disappointed to have not taken uh, all three points. And uh, as a lot of people have already said on social media, we are starting off too slow. You can see that by the reports that the uh, club and the reports are putting out there and people's views and opinions, uh, all saying the same thing. Opposition teams starting off really strongly. Uh, Barrow punished us really early on. Uh, and then obviously did the usual lower league um, trick of, uh, of time-wasting. We got ourselves back in the game, though, through a bond brace, and I was walking around uh, Lakeside, and I was delighted when we went 2-1 up and thought, look, just a few minutes now, hold on. But it wasn't meant to be. Uh, possibly a Dean Brewer mistake there. It's really cost us two points. The positives, though, uh, we haven't lost yet. I think the fan expectations uh, amongst us all are that we should be controlling games better and we should be dominating them uh, more. We shouldn't be uh, on the back foot uh, as often or frequently as we, as we find ourselves. Uh, we really shouldn't be talking about a draw after this game. Um, to take the positive, obviously we haven't lost in three. Um, what we, uh, you know, we're starting to find out really what we need to do uh, in future games. Can't really understand why fellow fans really got the knives out for the players and management when we really are only three games in. And some people really do need to uh, sort of take a bit of a chill uh, uh, on this. And uh, I'm pretty sure we will come good. Uh, Justin knows what we need to do, and uh, I'm sure it will start working for us sooner rather than later. So those are Mr Levy's views. Uh, the rumours are abound at the podcast towers that Mr Levy returns next week. Um, just rumours at the moment, but we will yeah. keep our eyes. I can't believe he's walking around Lakeside on a Saturday afternoon. That's like, <laughs> it's not more painful than watching Orient, that is. Feel for that. So my views, you know, the first rule expectation, I think, this season to win a match. And unfortunately, I think we've come up short. But it sounds like we started off slowly again and played poor in the first half, but we showed good character, I think, in the second. Good Definitely. spirit determination to turn the match around and when we take the lead with 10 minutes left I think we're thinking see it yeah. through job done get your first three points of the season but you know mistake leads to an equaliser and we will have to settle for a point again I think team selection was probably correct after the Ebbsfleet game I think Dayton must be carrying an injury still as he didn't start but interesting to see the lineup now on Tuesday I think it's a bit of pressure following um, Saturday's draw but not panicking by all means as we're scoring goals but we must cut out the errors I think to start making sure we start getting some points on the board to win some games. Your views on Yeah, I thought just this is another little bit of a lesson, isn't it? I think yeah. the positive definitely we were unbeaten. Um you gotta really I am not the Paul's point about time waste, I think you just have to accept that. As I said, we're we're a big fish in this division now. We're we're the team everyone wants to beat, probably the biggest club in the division. Yeah. We're just gonna have to we can't get frustrated by things like that. There's no point. Um we've got to learn to deal with it. Um Clearly, we've got a few areas in a uh, few places in the team, areas in the team that we need improving. We need to get Dayton fit and firing, and I yeah. just think the key to this season is is those. I think you look at the spine of the team, especially the wingers, and when fit, Dayton, Brophy, Bon up front. I think we just need to fill in those little gaps yeah. around him, centre mid, um, and I think we will be a real force this season. I agree with Paul though that I do think we need to kind of chill out a little bit. Um, three games in, we we're unbeaten. Yeah. Last last season, I think those games, at least two of them, we probably would have lost, especially the first game. Yeah, I agree, million um, percent. So I think, yeah, we're not panicking. We're not hitting the panic button just yet. Yeah. Okay. So those were our views, your views. Um, so let's get them loads again of views coming in. So Alb five three, he takes his pathetic wasn't there, but don't need to know that if we can't beat teams like Barrow at home, then we don't have much hope. At Josh John Rogers, not good enough. Simple. If we don't add some creativity and bite to that centre midfield, we'll never kill teams off. We would be. We should be totally demoralised. I think it means demolishing. Demolishing teams like that from the first whistle. So so disappointing. Richie J. Bourne says lazy and lethargic first half. And Barrow given so much space can't continue with these slow starts. Should be on the front foot, especially at home from the kickoff. 
Yeah, a bit of an opposite to last season, wasn't it? When we seemed to start like, like a Brazil for the first 10 yeah, minutes and fade. Exactly. We do seem to be getting a little bit stronger into the games this year, which is a positive. Yeah. At Ron Samson 15, we're short of a few players and we had three months to sort it. Unless the owners get the checkbook out, we'll struggle. This was supposed to be one of the easy games. I guess looking on paper, that did seem like one of the easy games, but sometimes the easy games turn out to be the hardest Definitely, games. Definitely, especially in this league. Back Look at those fan. games last year. Gates said some of those teams, and one of the games last year, I think Gates said, I actually counted the amount of fans. There was so few, like 23 away fans, <laughs> yeah. and they were one of the best teams we faced. So you yeah. can't take anyone lightly in this division. Absolutely. Record Blue Apps is one of the most depressing home games I've seen since last season. Adderby looks awful. If we've been chasing them for two years, we couldn't have had far to run. Barrow are a horrible side and hope they go down. So Barrow kind of not endearing themselves to kind of some of the fan base. I think you've got to accept that. At Dirk Turk, someone else I know, Matt. Squad is short of quality up top and in central midfield. Didn't strengthen enough in the summer, hence we'll finish in a similar position to last season. And Matty, LFC Evans, says three points from the first three games is very poor, especially with the squad we have. <coughs> Questions should be asked to Justin at this early stage and Alibi is not good enough. Tactics wrong in every game so far. Didn't strengthen the centre midfield and if this one continues... Justin will be in trouble. I think it's a bit too early to, to come to those yeah, conclusions, but you know we respect all opinions. Definitely, I think we just got to, uh, one thing. Person, I definitely believe in is uh, Jay. I think yeah. he's the man to take us forward. I just think he needs uh, you know, a few more players potentially. And uh, my phone's just gone off. Yeah, yeah so right. Jamie Stripe, because we've succumbed to the same fame as the last season. We're virtually the same team. Didn't anyone work out that we were four players short in May? At Reedy QB9, I know all keepers make mistakes, but Brill makes so many more than most. Sarge needs to be starting. Yeah, it's a bit of a call there for Sarge to come in. Uh, be interesting to see who um, Jay brings in on Tuesday, although I think he'll stay with Brill. I think so. If I'm honest. Uh, Matt Bristow says after his brace today, McCauley Bond has been involved in eight of the goals, of the last 11 Orient goals at the Bro Group Stadium as he scored seven assisted ones. So good to see McCauley still yeah, contributing. He looks a much better player this season. At mid-table, obscure, give Sarge a go, let's recycle the ball quicker, get us on the counter, replace Ling with Jard, Harsh, and play Brophy and Dates on the wings. Our strength is our speed and Brill is slowing it all up. Interesting point though about Brill slowing it, slowing it down. I think that's something yeah. I've noticed, but I don't look for those things. So I think he's not one of the younger members of the squad, is he? But um, I think he's done well in overall since he's been there. Oh, since fantastic. he's been our number one. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Sasha, Jay Wolf is good to stay unbeaten and looking better on one-on-one -on -one than last year, but we leave too many gaps in midfield and don't always read the game well. And on Tuesday, we looked more confident and showed more movement, but Justin needs to figure out why that was different today. At Joe Pavitt, three games unbeaten, three games without a loss, get sick and tired of conceding last minute. First half was diabolical, no better from Barrows clowning around. Serious improvements needed, specifically creativity in midfield. Yeah, I think there's a few points kind of alluding there. Um, to the same thing Veggie Jones says everyone can see where the issue is we have no central midfield and I think I must be going mad as today may be long for Lawless and Caprice in the team and if Karama doesn't start ahead of Alibi on Tuesday then I will lose all faith in the management team so very interesting tweet there at SXB is so poor against a poor team so much for making Brizzy Road a fortress if we continue to make these mistakes mid-table obscurity beckons yeah so quite a few negative tweets um, coming in off the back yeah, of this quite one. savage isn't it yeah disappointing after kind of all the positive ones after Ebb's fleet so LFC Chaz says overall I would try a new keeper Ling has been dreadful so far so it might be worth changing him I'm sorry if this is unpopular but Woodhouse is massively underrated and is a much better player than he gets credit for thought we had another good game today so again more credit coming in there from LFC Chaz for Joe Wood and people have been a bit critical of Ling so far this season which is interesting because I thought Ling has been fantastic when he first joined the club yeah. but he does seem to be a bit of a point at the moment where a few fans are kind of singling him out yeah I agree with that uh, at CM Oriental it's a point gain but such off days in the midfield area so disappointing I wondered if Charlie Lee is match fit Joby and Clay played okay but when we claw it back and literally threw away two points later on this is a real concern at least we are unbeaten 
Yeah, so positives to take there. Paul Skinner, 88, says, Egg Potato had a poor game after Tuesday's good one, which is a shame. Dayton and Chrome are coming on, brought some life to another ways dull encounter, which was frankly ruined by the time wasting from around the second minute of the game from Barrow. Why are refs put up with it? I don't know. Oh, I've got that now. At Charlie Paul, Justin is the best manager in this league, but he got it wrong in the first half. With the Joby and Brophy on the pitch, long ball made no sense. Jay showed his class in the second half by changing it and making good subs. Barrow's behaviour is embarrassing and we desperately need a centre midfield. Yeah, so lots of points there from Charlie at Eastside Orient. Says, why is my Orient life becoming like Groundhog Day and at 65 years old? Why does it still matter so much? It's a life sentence, guys. Thank you for your tweet there. At Orient Bullbag, it's the last two games. I only think, if, if anything, if the last two games are anything to go by, we are miles away from getting promoted. Why does Brill pump the ball up long all the time? Just plays into the opposition hands. Brophy and Dayton got start. Karoma up top with Bond and the central pairing needs sorting. Yeah, so again, lots of points there coming at Jenny and Adelman. Just don't want to pick out players, but what are they doing in training? They all look slow, there's no urgency, and there's no passion apart from Joby. We have two great wingers, yet we pump it up the middle. We don't play it out from the back and therefore we lose possession. Disappointing. At Jack Coates 14, we aren't taking our chances. It looks so poor today. The centre of midfield is so weak. Lee looks unfit and Clay poor. Data needs to start on Tuesday. We've got to keep up positives. Three unbeaten so far. Need to build on it. Yeah, Ed Jones, 1976. His long ball didn't suit us. We have some of the best players in the league in Joe Brophy. So why try and play that way? Don't mean to go on, but what the hell does Clay do? The centre midfield needs addressing fast. And let's hope Gorman is worth the wait. Bring on Tuesday now. A must-win game, so some pressure. I think going in, going into Tuesday, maybe needless pressure. Yeah. Maybe from a small percentage of the fan base, but I think pressure. we'll we'll be uh, patient. But we do need to get that first win yeah. on the board, and Tuesday's a good opportunity. At Digger seven seven three zero four six, a pretty frustrating afternoon again. But one big positive was Karoma's awareness of Bond's position for the second goal. Tuesday night, he wasted an identical situation by shooting. I think Maka has had a word. Karoma for Alibi on Tuesday, please, Justin. Yeah, only one team. Just so poor first 45. No link play uh, and little movement. Midfield was stagnant. Too many times average teams like Barrow out battle and out players with direct football. Second half was better. Joby and Bond stood out and Karoma making an impact too. We have to hang on to lead in game managed teams. At Tom Davis, C17, I was pretty upbeat after the first two games, but today showed ominous signs of last season flaws not being addressed. Still hideously weak in central midfield, and Bond's doing the work of two men, again, up front without a functioning strike partner. I bet I'll show an alibi, I think, at the Dorset Vikings. His midfield absolutely non-existent. Brill was not good enough. Defence lacking a leader, a, leader, a leader, an organisation, which surprises me, because I think Josh is certainly... Yeah. Is, is very good yeah, I'm shocked at some of these to be so, fair as soon as we went 2-1 up we looked destined to concede the second I need to get things sorted and quick and at Pandemonium 1881 naive at times today the space we afforded Barrow in the defensive third was poor add to that the fact we failed to win midfield battles and create in the final third it's not hard to see why we struggled we have enough experience to adapt to make the right decisions in game on top of the messages management would have sent them out there with and that's why we are naive Undefeated is a strong position to build, positive to build from, but you could draw four and have four points, or win two, lose two, and have six. It's early, but improvement needed. Yes, thanks to Matt there for your tweet. Kevin Calvin says, disappointed to say the least, that we struggled to break down a team of time-wasting thugs in the first 45, and then when we did, we gave away a sloppy goal. Still, I thought Brill was fouled and conserved with no ball carrier in the centre midfield, but believe a win on Tuesday will turn it around. And if we win on Tuesday, these tweets that we're getting now at negative yeah. suddenly turn into massive positives. A win, a win can uh, can change everything. Absolutely. And at Trando 87, two areas needed instantly addressing at the end of last season. A goalkeeper, a boss of a midfielder, nothing's happened. Yeah, at Leighton Orient 5, so it's very easy to stand and say, well, it's not good enough, but let's look at the positives. Three played and we've still not lost. Still early days and there's been some very good individual performances. So let's focus on the next game and we can assess 
after 10 or 12 games I think that's quite important to do that not panic now and after 10 or 12 yeah. games see where we are and how and how things can be taken forward agree with that in reply at, at, at Rally Dave I want to be positive but the problem of a slow immobile and ineffective centre midfield has not been addressed no running no tackling no possession and no service to the forwards at Darren Ross 1964 says no need to panic we are hard to beat but the wait and see game is over we need a couple of quality loan signings to get top 7 I assume Jay expected Gorman to be up and running by now Brill and Claire struggling and Alibi still off the pace we need to strengthen these areas and yesterday in the programme I think Justin alluded that a yeah. signing might happen but nothing has happened since then so I guess watch this space this week something possibly could happen yeah. so the final word goes to you Ed uh, yeah no I, I agree with a lot of this so I think um, everyone's entitled to their opinion I think it's definitely quite savage on some of, some of the players but I, I don't think you can uh, run away from the fact you know last year we had a few issues I think you've yeah. sorted out the defensive looks a lot better although still obviously leaking a few goals but you know, there's no doubt about it. They're both proficient players, but I, I do think we are missing an Ebu Adams. And whether this Gorman is the is the answer or not, we don't know because he's not fit. Yeah. But um, I, we need to address that. I think it's, it's it's plain to see. I think Brill, you know, he hasn't the best of starts, but he's he's been brilliant for us since he's come in. I, th- I don't think there's any massive change needed in the goalkeeper department. But I do worry about being a little bit too immobile in this division at the moment, especially in midfield. Yeah, and so I think we just got to get our wingers on a ball, fit and firing, and make yeah. a bomb. I think we'll uh, we'll be a force this season. Yeah, I agree. Good as nineteen eighty five has the last week of this one. Just be impressed like we did for the other two games. We're very flat. I probably thought we'd walk this team. Good for Bond to get off the mark. The team needs to learn from this. As many more teams will waste time this season when leading. I went on Tuesday. This is a must. I've already said it, but thank you for all the tweets. We I, I get into our own outlet. We're getting loads. That's not even probably half of them. Really. Yeah, loads. Um, so thanks for all your tweets. So prediction league update. Well done to at Stephen Orient and London Gary W, who both predicted two all and one for Bond. So both get four points. So it's early days yet in the prediction league, but Stephen Orient leads the league on seven points. And as always, thanks for your predictions. Which moves us on today. So Sunday, the twelfth of August. Happy birthday to Leighton Orient head groundsman Colin James. And we mentioned him at the top of the show. But happy birthday to Adam's favourite ever O player and wing wizard and new father as well. Legend. Congrats, Dino. Congrats to Dean, and if you're listening, we hope you are enjoying your early days of fatherhood. Macaulay Bond was named in the non-league papers team of the day and the national league papers team of the week, who also selected Barrow keeper Andy Furfung's performance against Barrow. Uh, Funniest performance against us, that should say. Yeah, um, so well done, Macaulay, and typically we see another keeper kind of getting applauded when he plays against Leighton Orient. As always. As always, and then the Orient's women's team were also in action today in a pre-season friendly against CNK Basildon and were 3-0 winners with Lisa Fulgence, Chanel Richards and Hayley Barton scoring the goal. So well done to the ladies team who've been flying over the last couple of seasons. We look forward to your season starting against Luton next Sunday. So we'd love to give you a bit of bonus content on this podcast and today we were very lucky uh, to catch up with Leighton Orient chairman Nigel Travis uh, earlier this afternoon. In fact, we spoke to Paul on the phone so we managed to get him in for about five minutes to chat with him so ladies and gentlemen without further ado here is Leighton Orient Chairman Nigel Travis speaking to Paul from this afternoon Nigel thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us and welcome uh, back to the podcast so we're three games in uh, as we look at this uh, as we look at things now what are your thoughts on on the situation that we're in at the moment um, that, that, that's a good question Paul uh, uh, we've got probably three games to go the other way to look at it um, and uh, obviously I'm disappointed we haven't won a game. I guess I'm pleased we haven't lost the game. Uh, and I would say, to be brutally honest, I was a bit disappointed with yesterday's game, which I was at live, and a little bit disappointed also with the Interfleet game, which I saw 
season started, and I'm not saying it's going to change anything, but we have players who can play in different situations, uh, and midfield is, is one of them. Um, he's built in a lot of what I call utility into the team. So I'm right in the middle. Probably, I just feel that we've given two games away with late goals, but then again, we got one with a late goal, so I think I'm right in the middle. Um, sort of where some of the fans are coming from and, and some of the frustrations that are coming through. of their Leighton Orient uh, chairman Nigel Travis so massive thanks to Nigel for taking time out to speak to us Nigel will be at the Halifax game and looks forward to seeing the fans there so that's pretty honest there Nigel which is yeah, really good to hear done no illusions echoing the uh, frustrations of the fans which of course he is so uh, that's understandable yeah or saying not to panic they have faith in Justin and the management team as we all do so let's wrap this up then because I thought this was coming at about an hour it's now an hour 11 so let's try and bring it in as soon as we can so fantasy football update uh, at the time of recording, Dom Coleman leads the Orient Fantasy Football League on 53 points with today's score still to update. 
Paul was in 52nd place, I was in 125th place, but this will all change shortly. So we um, also run a dream team uh, fantasy football league now. So if you're interested in that, just give us a DM or check out our previous tweets. You can join either league and dream team. After one week, Billy Ricky Dicky leads our league on 64 points. I'm doing a bit better in this one. I'm in eighth place and Paul is in joint 43rd Shocking, place. Shocking, that. Shocking. So, you know, we're both kind of doing our own thing in yeah. this and see what happens. So positives and negatives of the week. Do you want to take on the positives? I'm still unbeaten. Absolutely. Uh, long way to go. Uh, still think the team needs a little bit of tweaking. But no, I, I still truly believe, as uh, Nigel says in the management, I think we'll have a good season this year. Yeah, hope so. Second one. Um, Macaulay Bon off the mark, obviously, born goal scorer. And I think yeah. more than that, just scoring. I think his overall play definitely is, is gone up a notch this level. The management team done a good job with him in the summer, it seems. I think, so. I think this will be a difficult season. I think he's got expectations yeah, this year, whereas last year there was no expectation. But, but he seems to be rising to it, which is really encouraging. Yeah. And obviously, the third one, the support, um, say, can I judge it from the absolute game that I was at? I mean, it was absolutely magnificent. So uh, let's keep that up. Yeah, so negatives for me then. So, first of all, two late equalisers against us in a week if we're not even talking about these equalisers we've got a very different kind of outlook and we'll be kind of heads up at the table but we are where we are secondly a massive loss as George Jacoby is injured so hopefully he comes back sooner rather than later I guess it depends on how well his hamstring heals and lastly we haven't won a game this season but to you know early days early days and we haven't lost a game this season so all in all it's not too bad so here are the week we decided to put this to the public vote so we nominated Joby McEnough and Cooley Bond James Brophy and Josh Coulson. So we had a 211 votes for this one. And in fourth place, there was Josh Coulson on a 4%. Third place, James Brophy at 12%. Second place, McCauley Bond, 14%. But the winner with 70% of the vote and clearly reflected in most of the tweets we got was Joby McEnough, who capped in at 70%. So well done there to Joby. Uh, and thank you for all of your votes. And so next week's fixtures, they're coming thick and fast now. Uh, two fixtures this week. So first up on Tuesday, the 14th of August, we travelled to Maidstone United. So Maidstone in 10th place, uh, and they got hammered uh, yesterday. 3-0 away defeat to Halifax Town. Halifax doing well yep. under Nathan Clark, uh, who's leading them on the pitch. So last year, uh, we've done the double over Maidstone. We took six points from them. We beat them 2-0 at their place due to goals from Bonds and Gala and McCauley Bond. Hopefully, that will be the aim again. So come on, you O's, if you go and have a safe journey, um, on paper on paper, another one we should uh, be walking away with the points I think on that one but it's always a bit dangerous with the team we support yeah. but we should really be taking three points with, from that one I think I think we'll take a lot of fans down there I think it'll be more like a home game definitely I think I think there's going to be a lot of fans and then on Saturday 18th of August we welcome last year's National League player finalist Boreham Wood to the Bray Group Stadium so Boreham Wood are in 11th place this year in the National League they got hammered again 3-0 away yesterday to Wrexham and this fixture finished 0-0 last year it's sure to be another tough early test uh, at the Brewery Group Stadium for the O's. Bromwood, it's going to be difficult. If you go into either game and you see us, please come along uh, and say hello. Definitely. A tough game that was last year, especially I was at the away game there and uh, we got absolutely hammered on that one. Yeah. Um, so, no, you can't take any of these teams lightly. Absolutely. Good team. So, that's it. So, thank you for joining us for episode 147. So, the National League campaign is in full swing. And after our season opener last week against Salford, which impressed many of us, the O's, had two home matches to make a real statement of intent for this season but conceding a late equaliser at home to Ebsley and what the majority thought was a great performance was followed by enjoying at home to Barrow which has concerned many of you meaning the O's have taken three points from the first three games but we are unbeaten and must make sure when we pod this time next week we are still unbeaten and are hopefully talking about six points taken from the week against Maidstone and Bournemouth so we'll be back with episode 148 next Sunday with all the information and views 
that you could ever need. And if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give the podcast a review. So we've got quite a few um, reviews last week. So thank you to everyone for those on SoundCloud, Tune the Stitcher, add us to your favourites and get all the podcasts straight away. It's on Google Podcasts, apparently, it's on Amazon Alexa. So no excuses if you have an older relative. Grab their phones, grab their tablets, grab whatever, and download the podcast for them. And if you'd like a mug, please get in contact with us. We can deliver at home games, or you can buy them £7 or two for £12. So a massive thank you to Nigel, and a massive thank you to Mr Conway making his own Outlook podcast debut. Hopefully it's not the last one. Thanks for having me. How'd you find it? Nerve-wracking at the start, but hopefully <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll get another episode. Absolutely. And the Ab- bearded legend will be back. Don't Mate. panic. Absolutely, absolutely. So we look forward to anything from you. And as always, keep calm, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's. Up the O's.